Folks, this is Jeff Stanick with Figured Out Baseball. I've got a really good Figured Out Baseball podcast for you today. We're being joined by the head coach at Lock Haven University, Heath Stover. Lock Haven is a Division II school, uh, I guess you'd say in central Pennsylvania, in Lock Haven, Pennsylvania. Uh, I'll give you, Coach, uh, a quick background on Coach Stover before we jump into questions with him. He uh, went to Lock Haven from 1993 through 1996, where he was a two-sport athlete, baseball and a, a football player. As a baseball player, he was a catcher and a standout hitter, still ranks in the school's top ten in several offensive categories. He graduated from Lock Haven in 1997. He spent that 1997 season as a student assistant at Lock Haven, and he has been an assistant coach at Lock Haven since, or was an assistant coach at Lock Haven since before he was hired as the head coach. In 2009, he earned his master's degree from Lock Haven. 2015 through 17, he spent three seasons uh, working with pitchers at Lock Haven, whereas previously and since he has been uh, he worked with hitters. The 2017 team set the school record for wins. They produced a top 10 round draft pick that year, well, an actual, and a 10th rounder that year to the Braves. Um, he coached three pitchers in that period of time where he was with the pitchers, coached three guys, three pitchers that went on to play pro ball. He was hired for the 2018 season as the head coach. That season, the team led the conference with a 332 batting average. His dad was the head coach at Lock Haven for 25 years. This guy's got Lock Haven running through his blood. Uh, coach Stover, I really appreciate being on the podcast with us today. No, Jeff, thanks for having me. It's, a, it's a definitely a privilege to, to be able to talk to you a little bit of baseball and um yeah, you, you, you summed it up there. Yeah, pretty much Lock Haven. I've been very fortunate to um, be able to stay at, at Lock Haven through my playing career and coaching career. Uh, not, not too many people get an opportunity to do that, um, um, but I did. Sometimes it's just a kind of destiny, you know, and it, everything worked out um, or I had that opportunity to be here at Lock Haven and now as, as the head guy. I, I think that's a, a really unique thing for someone to stay to school as long as you have, especially to be – uh, an assistant coach for for such for twenty what twenty seasons twenty one seasons as an assistant coach. Um, yeah, yeah. At any point, did you did you seriously consider leaving? At any point, maybe at a time when you were ready to get a head coaching job, and maybe the job wasn't open, or maybe they, you know, maybe there's once or twice when you were interested in the head job there, but it, but they took they gave it to somebody else. At some point, did you consider? going anywhere else or because of of any particular reason family or anything else did you was this the place that you wanted to stay of no you know kind of no matter what no like i mean i mean th th there were a couple opportunities along the way um but just being in this tight-knit community um it's a smaller school so about three thousand students um i just love the atmosphere here and honestly like um whether we had another head coach come in or not, like I was honestly content with being around the game and being an assistant coach and help uh, with the skill instruction. As an assistant coach, like you, you get more opportunities to to get more hands on with a lot of the players and stuff. As a head coach, it becomes more like administrative and things like that. And and, and of course, the whole program falls on your shoulders, so you're looking at a lot of different things. But 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 being a hitting guy here. Um, it was fun working with the hitters. Uh, it was fun seeing them develop. Um, when I was the pitching coach, it was also fun to, like watching them develop and um, and, um, and and teaching them some also like some some light life skills, you know, and, and the work ethic and all that thing. That's fun. But being a head guy, I knew with with, with my father being being the head coach, like I knew that the you know of course the stress levels go up a little bit more. There's a W and L tagged on you and all that that like it. It does become a, a little bit more difficult as a head coach, and honestly, I was I was content as being the assistant. Um, but honestly, now that I'm I'm in this this role, like I I really enjoy it. I just you feel like you do make a big difference as being a head coach. Um, 
you could kind of get like some of your philosophies that you've learned over the years and kind of implement those uh, into your program, which which is nice. It's, it's a good feeling. But um, uh, I think that like coaches with the W's and L's and everything, it, it comes along with like surrounding yourself with, with good people, like uh, to get more W's than, than L's um, and then having good assistance um, in your program and, and helping you out because it does take – it takes a village, as they say, and, and, and it truly does, like, here, too, and I'm fortunate to have some of the assistants that I have that, that have the knowledge they have and, and build the relationships with our players the way that they do, and, and um, you know, it's fun. It's, it's fun being here at Lock Haven. I've had other guys on the podcast who have taken head coaching jobs really early in their careers, and, and one guy in particular uh, that, that that I recall said uh, he's a Division two head coach in South Carolina, and he got some advice early in his career from Jack Leggett, the longtime Clemson head coach, that if you have a chance to be a young head coach, take that opportunity because there's a lot to learn there. And I'm interested to hear your perspective. If you could do it again or if you you know, were talking to a young assistant, do you think that there's a benefit to either taking a, a head job you know, early on just to kind of, I don't know, work out some of the bumps and bruises and and uh, and. and or, or do you think it was beneficial, you know, for you to be an assistant coach for such a long time? Like, if you had to give somebody else some advice, is there one or the other that you would maybe point guys to and say, "Hey, I think this this is probably the best path." Yeah, I think it, I think it's all in the situation. You know what I mean? I I, I don't. It, it could be either or. Honestly, it could it could be if you get the, the head coaching experience early on in your career, um, and, and you have that opportunity, uh, and it's a good fit for you as a coach. Um, I think that he, I think that it is good. I mean, Coach Leggett, like like yeah, he's been around the game a long time, and like like he and he understands the ins and outs and everything. And I, I, I think that it could be a good opportunity for some. Uh, I just know, like in my situation, I was fortunate to to work for some really good head coaches, and I, I learned a lot. And and, um, and again, it was the situation and it was the fit here at Lock Haven for me, but. Um, I, I think that, like, if you have that opportunity, uh, and I think that you're, you're confident in what you're doing, and you have good perspective, and if you can treat people right and just do the best you can, like, I think that that would be that would be a good opportunity for you to do it at, at an early age. Um, I just think with the, when you get more mature and you understand the ins and outs of it a little bit more, it, it's it's a, it's a better fit to be a head coach, you know. And I, you really can't put an age on it. I don't know if you put an age on it, but like. You know, so, some coaches are just sometimes more mature than others. You know, maybe you're 27, 28, but you you have a mind of a, of a, of a 38, 40 year old. You know what I mean? And it might be might be a good situation for you. Um, you know, so, some other guys might might like to. You know, they they're smart and they know what they're doing. Um, but sometimes maybe not so much content, but they're but but they're they're okay of where they're at at that at that particular point. Um, and that's where it, what kind of was for me too. And and believe me, I've had a lot of friends that were in coaching uh, and then made a move, and then all of a sudden now they're out of coaching. You know what I mean? So I just thought that the, the, with the rapport that I have with, with, with administration here, with other coaches here and stuff, I mean, it was it was a good fit for me. So there's kind of a lot of different um, scenarios and situations that could, you know, could fit for someone. Um, it may not fit for somebody. You might think it's the right move at the time, but unfortunately it's not. So it's just one of those things where you got to kind of, Feel it out, and sometimes you, you see that 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 um, that opportunity present itself, and you're afraid that like it might never come again, and then and then take it. And by all means, you know, do it. But um, 
I don't know if that really kind of answers the question, but like there's a, there's a lot of different scenarios and situations that can happen with that. No question about that. And I, I know I've talked to other guys who have said similar things to you that you just said, like some, there's, there's certainly um, a lot that goes into taking jobs, especially we take a job at, at higher and higher levels because the higher level that you go, the more pressure there is to win. There are plenty of guys out there who have taken a job who have gone from Division Two or Division Three up to Division One, especially a higher Division One, and if you could be there for a couple of years, and if if as if you're there as a, as an assistant coach, and you don't and you don't win, the head coach gets fired, and you're fired too, you know. Yeah. Or if you take a head job, if you have you know if you're a Division Two head coach and get a Division One head job, kind of the same thing. Maybe there's more pressure to win there, and not that you don't want to win, but if you you can go a couple years at lower levels and and have tougher seasons and and keep your job. You know, which is important for a lot of people and their families. I mean, it's not not take that for granted, but at the higher levels that you go, you see it in pro ball all the time. Not even baseball, but any sport. It's like you, the higher level you go, the the shorter your window is, where you've got to have a lot of success. I, I know there was one time, uh, I, one of the Division ones that I was coaching at, we were uh, we went down to to play the University of Florida, and I uh, talked with Coach uh, Sullivan down there, and. Um, it was only his second or third year there after he got the job from Clemson, something like that, pretty early in his career there. And we kind of asked him, like, hey, what's it like to be here? And he's like, man, it's great. Everything everything about it's great. But, like, they expect you to win the national championship pretty much every year. And if I don't get close or or win one, like, there's after a period of time, it doesn't matter if we win 40 games or, like, win the conference or whatever. Like, if we don't get to the College World Series and make some noise there, like, they're not going to be happy. And that's the expectation at that level, and that's that's yeah. not easy. It's it's not easy, and that that that's kind of where I was talking about kind of the fit to get more like specific, like what's the commitment from from the university? You know what I mean? Where, where's it at there? I mean, you, you definitely have to do your research. I think if you're a young coach and you're going to take a position, like what's what's the commitment to the, the baseball program? Like what, what do they have returning roster wise and roster management and all those things? What are you looking at scholarship wise? Uh, and all those things. So there's a lot of, lot of stuff that's, that entails in, into whether you, I think that you should take a job, um, especially early in a career too. I mean, le- learn as much as you possibly can, I think, as a young coach. Um, because there's a lot of situations that are going to come up. Like there's situations that you didn't even think of are, are, are going to come up. And every school has its unique situation where, um, it could be one thing, you know, and then, then someplace else is something completely different, you know. So that's that's the thing. I think experience definitely goes a long way um, in the coaching ranks. I can remember another time uh, just a friend of mine was offered a job uh, at a at – a, he was at a Division One, but it got offered an assistant job at a better Division One, better conference, better uh, – you know, bigger school, more well-known school. But that coaching staff did not have, wasn't having a whole lot of success. And I said, man, if he asked me what I thought, I said, man, if I were you, I'm not, I don't, I'm not taking that job because I think that they're one bad season away from getting fired. And then what are you going to do? And he didn't take it. And sure enough, honest to God, they, uh, that staff got fired the next year because they won like 19 games or whatever. They, there was several seasons in a row where they were not very successful and they got let go. And when you're in that position, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be in demand (laughs) in college baseball when you don't have a job. Yeah. And and the other piece too, is like, it's kind of like, you know, you got to kind of connect the dots on like, it's hard to make jumps today. I think more now than ever. Um, Like say you're a D three guy and you want to go in and you want to be a D one guy. Like, I mean, sometimes it's it's a little bit harder to make jumps. You kind of got to go 
and take the steps that you want to go vertical, but like sometimes you have to go horizontal to get in a good program or maybe to go south or, or, or one of those things. Um, and then, and then have success down there south and, and then move maybe to a, a mid-major D1 as an assistant and then, and then work your way up that way. That's kind of how the, the chain goes with, with, with getting it maybe a, a, a D1 job or, or, or a major D1 job. It's just, you got to have a track record, you know, that's, that's the big piece. And I think that's what with jobs overall, whether it's in business or finance or anything, like you got to kind of have the experience, but you got to also have um, the right track record, you know, to get to that point. No doubt about that. Now, as a, that's, that's kind of the, the coach's route. Now, as a player, I, I, you know, you know, as well as anybody that there's a lot of players out there that, that coming out of high school or coming out of junior college, they're like D1 or bust. Uh, but we talked a little bit about your conference, the, the, what's known as the PSAC, the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, PSAC. We talked about that a little bit before we started recording. I'm very familiar with it. My brother played in that conference. My sister ran track in that conference. I'm, I'm very familiar with it, you know, just even having grown up, growing up around here. Um, for people that maybe aren't familiar, you know, the Pennsylvania Division II conferences is one of the best Division II conferences in the country. Could you tell people a little bit just to, just how good the baseball is there? I don't know if there's any way to necessarily quantify that or, or, or say it in a podcast, but could you just give people an idea of how good this conference this conference is to just to for any any other reason to show people that a good a really good Division II conference is still really really good baseball? Sure, I, I think the biggest thing is is like when you put a number on something, people can start kind of understanding it a little bit, and that the easiest way to put a number on it would be. Probably arms, uh, pitching, you know, velos and stuff like that. You'll see on a weekend uh, between 88 and, and 94, honestly. Like, that's that's what you're facing, and that's what you're going up against every weekend. Um, I don't want to sound too biased because uh, I, I coach in this conference, but, but honestly, I do believe that it's um, – it's probably it's probably one of the tougher Division Two conferences uh, in in the nation. I just think from top to bottom, there's so much parity, um, and it's 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 kind of like one of the super conferences. You know, um, there's there's 19 teams in it, and like you got an East and a West. Uh, you got division play. Uh, then after the division play, you come in the top four in each each division comes in and plays a, a conference championship. Um, and I really truly believe this that like. During, during our conference championships, it may be some of the best baseball in Pennsylvania for sure. Maybe, maybe even in the, in the Northeast. Um, but it's it's fun to watch, and I know from from a coaching standpoint, like it definitely like takes takes years off your life every weekend because like there's a lot of plays that are those pivotal plays in, in a game where you win or lose, um, and that's where the um, the competitiveness gets, and 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 you you, you get really um, to the to the point where. You know, it's it could be the base is loaded with two outs in, in the bottom of the ninth. You know, and you're up a run, and, and that's happened a lot, like the last two or three years uh, in our conference. So, um, it's definitely exciting baseball to watch. And if you've never got an opportunity to come out and see it, like for yourself, like it's 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 pretty legit. Um, I, I, w- I would compare it to. I mean, I can't compare it with like like some D ones. I don't want to go there, but like it's it's it definitely like you, you would bring some D ones, and you wouldn't see a whole lot a lot of difference like the, the the players over the years too honestly since since i've been playing um it's also i wonder sometimes i'm like man would i even make this team because look at the guys in the uniforms nowadays too they don't just the, the, their their bats don't just play but like like they look good in a in a uniform too and and that's where we're at as a, as a conference and and it's fun to coach in it really truly is because every weekend like you don't know like you could have your number one they got their number one and 
you're looking at a three-two ball game, and then the number fours, you know, like the, they they pitch, you know, the the Saturday games, the second Saturday game, and 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 they're in the nineties, you know, and it's it's definitely fun to watch. Uh, and if you if you haven't seen it, like it's, um, I get a lot of guys that come out and they they they're like, well, this guy's a, a, a D one guy or that guy's a D D two guy, and and um, I, I asked him, I said, well, oh, okay, like, have you have you seen, like, like some of the PSAC games? So you've seen a lot. And uh, some of them will be like, well, not, not, not really. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, like I said, you need to come out and you need to check it out, like, just to see what, what, what level that is, you know. Um, so, uh, again, I am fortunate to, to be able to coach in this league. Um, and, again, it's exciting. To put a number on it, though, that that's the number I will put on it between – I would say between 88 and 94, you'll see, you'll see arms there. And we, we, we've been fortunate the last couple of years. We've had uh, a decent amount of guys drafted out of our conference, which, um, it also makes it exciting. There's, there's some that are in the bigs right now too. Um, and you're sitting there watching them on TV and you're like, Hey, I remember that guy. I remember us facing, facing him. You know, we, we scored a couple runs off of him. You, you know what I mean? So it's, it's definitely exciting from, from that end. Yeah, that's, and as a, as an associate scout in this area, there are always guys in your conference to go see. You know, seeing the conference tournament is always uh, is always a lot of fun, and 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 it's it's really cool to me that there are some guys from this conference that are that are playing in the big leagues, and they're they're not just guys that like, you know, kind of have a cup of coffee. There there are guys that are having success, you know, in the big leagues that played uh, in this conference. Now, um, you you mentioned the draft picks, and obviously there there are some really good arms there. Um, are with your, we'll, sp- we'll speak about your roster in particular, Coach. What, uh, what sort of geographic location? I mean, h- how far out do you guys go to recruit? Just again, kind of, kind of trying to give some more information about about what this level of baseball is like. You just, you know, what uh, where you're getting most of your guys. How you do a lot of your recruiting? Are you going to high school games? Are you going to summer games? Are you? Uh, I know right now it's different because of COVID, but but just it, typically, you know, how far out of the area are you going to recruit guys? I would say typically it's it's the, the Northeast or Mid Atlantic, which would be Pennsylvania, of course. Um, New Jersey, we have players on our roster from New Jersey, uh, New York, um, Maryland. Um, we've recruited a lot of guys. We don't have anybody on our roster from from Delaware right now, but we've recruited guys out of Delaware. Um, but so, so, so geographically, I think the majority of our guys come from from outside uh, a hundred mile radius. Um, we are fortunate; we do have a couple local guys too that are really good ball players. Um, some of them are were bounce back guys; they were D one, they came back home. Um, so yeah, we're de- we're definitely got guys that that are local, but the majority of our kids do come like from outside, like the hundred mile radius. We get kids from the Harrisburg area, District Three, which runs from like York over to Reading. Uh, a lot of kids there. A lot of kids in the the greater Philadelphia area. We have, um, we have a player that played in the Catholic League in, in Philly, um, and we got kids from again from upstate New York, um, Delaware Valley, Scranton. Like the, we get a lot of kids there. So, but but as far as like what I'm looking at, like of course this year was was kind of a bust with with, with no high school season. Um, I do get out to the district games. Uh, it's it's hard for us like early in the season to see some of those games, um, the high school games, because of uh, we're playing too or practicing or something. But I try to get out to some local games even before practicing. And I know there's a there's a good arm that's that's on the bump. You know, um, I, I'll, I'll go check them out. Um, but it's usually like mid May to later May. Uh, I hit a lot of the district, District Four, District Six, District Three, of course. Um, in the Allentown area and Scranton, like we're we're out we're out there all over the place. Um, when we get to more like June, it's it's more the travel scene, of course. Um, 
and me and my assistants, like we're, we're, we're pretty much everywhere. Um, our situation here is kind of like my motto is like leave no stone left unturned. Like we, 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 we aren't fortunate enough to just have a, a ton of scholarship money, you know, and just kind of like target specific guys. Like we're, we're looking at, at, at a handful of guys, uh, for, for each particular position, um, each year and trying to fill that. And when we have seniors leave, like we're trying to fill that void with, with either a guy that's been here as a as a as a as a sophomore, came in as a freshman, um, to, to hopefully like like fill the shoes of that person. Um, but we have gotten some transfers once in a while too. We we do uh, recruit some transfers to come in if if we don't have any kind of really solid backup in one particular position, then we'll go and um, we'll we'll try to look a little bit of the, the the junior college, the Maryland junior college, which they have a lot of PA kids in that, and then the. The New Jersey Junior College too, um, but also Northampton and, and Lackawanna right here in PA. Like, like we check a lot of their guys out. Yeah, we actually in the fall um, we bring uh, Northampton and Lackawanna. They come to our place. We're allowed three games in the fall, so they come to our place and, and we get an opportunity to see some of their guys uh, when we scrimmage them in the fall. So that that's another fortunate thing that we do have. Yeah. Um, can you? I want to ask a little bit about like high school baseball compared to summer ball because I've noticed that you know I'm going out as an associate scout. I'm going out to high school games throughout the spring, and and there are very rarely am I coming across college coaches in in spring in the spring high school season. Uh, and again, we're talking like pre-COVID. There there aren't very many games, and I, and I'm going to watch guys that are going to be. You know, Division One, Division Two, potential draft type guys in some in some respects that are uncommitted, and I try, you know, I try to go see these uncommitted guys early, and I try to help college coaches out like you. I'll go out and get some video and do a write up and send it out. But when I'm yeah. there, it's it's rare for me to be sitting next to college coaches. Can you kind of give parents and, and kids an idea? I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but and that's just particularly with your school. But can you tell me just in general, or tell the listeners to this podcast why maybe that's happened? Because I can't imagine that it's been that way for like your whole career, you know, you started coaching in 97. I can't imagine early in your career that it was that way. I imagine it in early in your career, a lot of recruiting was done during the high school season, even if you had to miss games, but now it's transitioned to be, you know, most of the recruiting is done in the summer. Can you just kind of touch on that and why that might be and, and whether or not high school baseball is still, I guess, as valuable in the eyes of a recruiter? Sure. Like I, I, um, I have some friends, and we have uh, for, uh, former players like uh, Kurt Elvin. He's at Virginia Tech. Um, Kevin McMullen was is at uh, I think he's an associate head coach now at at, uh, at Virginia. Um, he was an IUP guy, like and he coached IUP and everything. Um, and I've, I've talked with them, you know, over the years about it and stuff. And it, it, it depends on the really how many res- how much resource you have, like how many coaches you have, and, and all those things. Um, I think at the D1 level, like, they have more resources, of course, and they'll go, and if you're a recruiting coordinator or something, like, you're, you're, you're out and you're checking guys out um, maybe sometime in the spring. But you don't see it as much now. I think they're targeting um, these young men um, earlier in the summer as, like, for, for instance, right now we're 21. They're probably, they probably already got targeted 40, 50 guys at the 2024s. You know what I mean? So, like, they're, they're, they're recruiting a couple years ahead of time. Uh, unfortunately, from our situation, like, we, we can't really target that, that early. Like, we, at our level, we're, we're looking more at um, 
the, the we're, we're finishing up with 21s now. We need another guy or two. Um, but we're looking at 22s pretty heavy right now. Uh, but I just think that, like, the seasons are, are um, it just seems like we're playing more games now than ever, too, within the last, I want to say, 10 years. Like, we're, we're, we're at a 50-game schedule, uh, and it, it gets more difficult to get out early, early in the spring. Um, I know that, like, you've been out and you, you've seen some guys that haven't, have been earmarked for anything and um and they're upper eights guys and I, I was fortunate to have you you know gave me some um some information on those guys and a great report on them and I, i've been out to see them like but it's but even when i get an opportunity to go out and see them it's it's been later in the spring too like it, it, it uh, like i said a middle middle to end of may is where i'm seeing them as far as parents i know they want they're like man my kid's throwing you know you know, 87, 88, why, why isn't, why, why isn't anybody here or why is there no looks or anything like that? Um, pre COVID, um, I, I just, I just think that, uh, sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe rosters are, 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 are full or they already have, you know, their, their full allotment of scholarships that, that are on there. And, and honestly, like from, from our level, like we're, we're looking at guys like that. Like that's, I think that's why our conference has been strong over the last year and been kind of arm heavy. Uh, the last couple of years for the simple fact that um, we're able to get, get those guys that are 87, 88, that, that maybe somebody, and not to say that they've overlooked, it's just that they, maybe they had your victim of circumstance and, and they've already had somebody um, to um, to fill the roster, you know. Um, but but I, I think it's it's more of a summer thing a lot of times for them. And, and also with the D1s, like, like they, they have a lot of dead periods and a lot of like quiet periods where they can't go out and evaluate at certain times. Um, I know their quiet period this year is run, it runs to the end of June. And as of right now, because of the COVID, like they're in a dead period. So it's, it's definitely been a strain on them both with the COVID, COVID year. Um, but, I, but I also think like with COVID, if uh, we talk about a little bit about COVID, like this, a lot of the rosters are log jammed right now with guys that have that extra year. Uh, it was a shortened draft year this year, I think, with five rounds. Like it's, it, it's, 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 it's caused a log jam. And I think guys, like, even if they might be a, a, one institution at a D1 level and, um, they probably would have been a top 10 rounder, but they didn't get drafted that year. So they end up have another year available. They go to, um, Another institution that may have their, their graduate work that they want and they bring them in and therefore you can't really replace them with that, that 2020 grad, you know, and, and that's where I think that the log jam happens. Although I've seen it a little bit with guys that maybe aren't, uh, in our situation, that guys aren't, um, that have that extra year available, but honestly, they're going to graduate. They kind of just want to get like onto the professional career or whatever they want to do. And, and some of them are foregoing that, that fifth year. Uh, too, so it's opening it up. Uh, some, some, definitely some twenty ones for us, uh, and possible twenty twenty twos. Where otherwise we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't be recruiting. You know, maybe some of those targeted position guys or targeted pitchers um, that, that we normally would would be recruiting. So um, that that's kind of like where we're at in our situation. But um, but yeah, the, the reason why you don't see them out early, early is because well, I think weather plays a part too, especially in the Northeast. Um, there could be a rain out or something like that. They, they can't chance it. They got a big series this weekend against somebody. Um, um, but, but, but overall in the years past, I've actually, I've seen, um, Kevin McMullen and stuff on the road. This again was like probably eight years ago or whatever. We're, we're playing a midweek game with, with IUP and there's, there's Kevin and they have a, they have a game with, um, 
they have a game with somebody that day, a midweek game with somebody. I'm like, man, what are you doing here? You know, and he's like, oh, I had a couple kids in the area that I'm checking out, you know. But, um, but again, that was, again, eight, eight to ten years ago. But, but, but nowadays, like, I mean, I, I just think that um, the, you got the Internet and you got video and you got so many things that you get an opportunity to see. Um, whether you need to go see a kid uh, right away early in the year is probably a little bit less existence as it, as it used to be probably, again, eight, eight to ten years ago. Coach, one last question, and I know you got to wrap it up here pretty soon. When you do go out and, and and you know recruit guys and then get them on campus, once they're on campus, what do you feel is maybe the most undercoached or underdeveloped part of of the game? Uh, once guys set foot on campus, like this is you know almost every year, this is an area where guys just like we're almost starting from scratch, or it seems uh-huh. like the high school coaches and the and the uh, you know the indoor facilities aren't really paying much attention to this. If you had to kind of put your finger on that, what do you think are some of the most undercoached, maybe undervalued part of the game at lower levels that you end up having to sort of play catch up on once they get to you? Um, that, that's that's a great question. Um, I I think that um. Well, we, we, we know like like some some facilities, you know, some things like that. I think if, if that's is that kind of the question that you're asking, I think sometimes maybe facilities can play a key role um, in you're saying the, the determining factor of a kid possibly coming to our school. Or no, not. no, when, just when he gets to you guys, like what is what's one part of 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 their game for most players that's not very developed that like maybe was kind of ignored or overlooked by high school coaches yeah, or whatever, yeah. where you end up having to. Yeah. Like yep. base running or something like no, that. No. Like you know. situational play, you, you hit it right there on the head. Like, yeah, situational play is is, is a big one. Like when we do our cuts and relays, and you're <laughs> we're like you, you are like you are like you kind of like you have that expectation. You know, you recruited them or you're you're giving them scholarship and stuff. And and sometimes situational play. For instance, let's just take um, a first baseman. You know, and and, and there's going to be you know the runners at first, and there's a gap shot, and you know going to first to home. You know, there's possibly a play at home. Um, where they're supposed to set up, you know what I mean, and they they, they don't know that, but that's okay. Like we, we again, we work on those things a lot in the fall, and unfortunately, we didn't have a. Uh, we only had four weeks in the fall this year. Normally, we have usually ten weeks in the fall, but uh, but that's that's the it right there. The situational play. Everybody is focused on nowadays are like launch angle with the bat, and you know the exit velocities and all those things, and all the measurables or and the analytics and all those things. But, but a lot of times when it comes into actual gameplay, um, can make the difference in, in, in a game, whether you, you hit the cutoff man or you, you're in the right spot to receive that relay into home. Um, so that's, I think that is the biggest thing that, and for, we go first and third situations. Um, we do use it like wristbands. So we have, um, I give a number and, and we haven't screwed that up, but, but we've been fortunate the last couple of days we've had warm weather. We've been out on a turf. We're going over some of those situational plays, and it hasn't been a complete struggle, but it, it, it is definitely a little bit of a challenge to, to make sure the guys are going to do it. Because if you you know you can win and lose a game on and executing a play, and, and and that's I think is the biggest part of it is is more the situational play play than anything. And I think a lot of these travel organizations listen, they do a great job at developing these guys. Um, but a lot of times when you get to these showcases and things, they're playing in a, a lot of different positions to try to get looks from a certain coach. Um, and they might not, you know, see that situation enough times um, to, to really get that muscle memory or 
or getting a better baseball IQ of learning to be in the right spot at the right time. So I think that's that's the biggest key right there is um, the situational part of it. I think as far as the hitting and the fielding and the throwing and all that stuff is great, um, and they've really developed that, and we've come a long ways, um, especially in the Northeast from, from that end. But I think it's just the, more or less the situational play um, of, of the young men when they do come in and they do step on campus in the fall. That's, that, that's probably the biggest piece, yeah. This has been great. This is Heath Stover, everybody. He's the head coach at Lock Haven University, a Division II school in central Pennsylvania, in one of the best Division II conferences conferences in the country. I think there's a lot to learn there, whether uh, you know player, coach, parent, just a, a lot of really good stuff there. Coach, I sincerely appreciate the time. I know that it's a, a really busy time of the year for you all, and uh, but I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast with us today. Absolutely, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really do appreciate it.